Welcome to Beating the Market with Scott Welch. And hello once again. This is the Beating the Market podcast, and I'm your host, Scott Welch. This is season one, which means that there are going to be a number of episodes in season one, all leading to the next one. So if you're catching us in the middle, this is episode five. I recommend maybe going back to episode four or episode one, and that way you'll be able to follow along perfectly. Now, back in episode four, we talked about what trend following is and how easy it is for anyone to get involved. Now, how far back does trend following really go? I mean, is it? we know it went back to the turtles in the 80s, and that's fine. But does it really go back longer than that? Well, I've kind of already given you the answer if you've listened to the previous episodes. But if you want easy proof, now I'm going to give you a bunch of proof in this season one. But if you want the easy proof right now at how far back trend following goes and or the fact that people follow trends and go nutty, just Google tulip mania. We talked about it in a previous episode. Now, when I Google that, you get a bunch of listings. But on my Google page on the right-hand corner, you will see a picture of a chart of the tulip mania, specifically the tulip prices. And it looks honestly just like a regular chart. If you're a trader, it looks absolutely normal. But this is from the 1600s. Well, let's see now. It's uh, 2017 now. How many years ago was that, right? That is several centuries. That's how far back trend following goes. This isn't a newfangled gimmick. Trend following is timeless, and it goes way back. And on that chart, if you take a look at the tulips, look at what happened. Seriously, you want to know the power of trend following? Look at it. The price of tulips went from under two, and I don't even know what those units are, two rocks. I don't even know what two means. But it went from under two to 60, okay, in under two years. Think about that. Okay, so it cost two whatever, dollars, rocks, chickens, whatever. It cost two. All right, if your investment doubled, that's four, right? If it went up five times, the price went to 10. This went to 60. That is the most powerful trend in the history of mankind, and it happened centuries ago. How do you explain that? How do you explain the fact that it went from two to 60? There is no logical reason. Who would make tulip bulbs, right? I guess they just thought that tulips were like gold or something even more valuable than gold. I I don't fully understand, but here's what they thought. Tulips are valuable. And even though there's no logic, everybody bought them and it kept going up, right? Now, how? If you're a believer that regular people can't beat the market, or that the markets are efficient. How do you explain that? How do you explain two to 60 that fast? You can't. That's my whole point. When things get hot, people pile on. When people pile on, the price gets hotter. When people see other people scrambling to get in line at the mall or on the charts, more people get in line, and it just gets 
crazy. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. And that chart shows that craziness and how out of control it can get. Oh, and can I just say one more time? That was from the 1600s. This has been happening a long time, okay? Now, if that's not enough proof, it's time to get into the weeds, okay? I researched three sources, and I'll try to go slow, but this is great information. Now, keep in mind that trends are easy to go back and research. This is not silly research done by people who just want to prove a point. This is very easy. To track trend following, all you need to do is price data, any sort of price data, like we saw on the charts from 2 to 60. You just need two units. You just need something that says the price was this, and then later the price was that. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be the stock market or anything like that. Like I said, it can be tulips. That's why the research on trend following is so incredibly robust. You can track this a long time. Let's start with recently. In a paper, a research paper called The Trend is Your Friend, the authors provided data on momentum strategies. And those are trend following strategies. Those strategies outperformed an index fund, a world index fund, not just the United States, but a world index fund. Trend following outperformed the index fund by a lot. Wait a second. Hold on. The experts just told us in recent books that we have to buy index funds and there's no way to do better, right? We talked about that in episode two. And now I found research in the trend in your friend that says momentum strategies outperformed an index fund, right? Now, hold on, I'm confused. Tony Robbins said, like I mentioned, that the smartest investors on earth index fund, right? Warren Buffett says the smartest investors on earth buy an index fund. Jack Bogle, who invented the index fund, says the regular person can't do better. So so heck with that research. The cure is index funds. Scott, you just don't get it, do you? No, I do get it because the research just showed. I just told you experts that over the past 40 years, it didn't just outperform index funds. It provided returns that were three times higher than an index fund. Okay, That's not all. In the paper, Two Centuries of Trend Following, Google it if you like, the authors showed that trend following strategies have given, according to them, substantial excess returns over the past 50 years. Hmm, that's more than 40. And also for the past 200 years, they found the data. Now, I'm going to give you a statistic, and this is super boring, and I apologize, but to me it's super exciting, and I'll try to explain it. It's called a T-statistic, and it's what mathematicians talk about, okay? They have a T-statistic, a numerical number, (laughs) numerical number, a numerical guideline to how much better trend-following strategies do. Right, And the T-statistic for the past five decades is five. (laughs) What in the heck does that mean? A T-stat means that, let's say, we're going to try to compare the spending habits of children on music in Pennsylvania and the children who buy music in California. 
well, there's no way that we could get every single child in Pennsylvania, ask them what they spent, average it all up and get a, and get a, an average or get a price or get a median. And then we can't possibly do that in California, right? There are millions of people. So what they do is they get a sample size of people in Pennsylvania, and they say, huh, it's about 200 bucks a year. And then they get a sample size, same sample size of California, and they say, hmm, that's $1,000 a year. Well, it's not every kid in Pennsylvania, and it's not every kid in California. So if the numbers were reasonably close, right, if one was 200 and one was 250, you could reasonably say, hmm, it's about the same, right? Now, we didn't talk to anyone, but it's a pretty good sample size. They're about the same. And that T statistic would be one. Got it? So if California spends 200 and Pennsylvania spends 200, it's one. Uh, Trend following strategies were five. (laughs) Meaning if California kids spend 1,000 and Pennsylvania kids spend 200, that's significant, right? There's no way that you can logically deduce that they're the same. It's way more even though it's less people. That's what they did. They took all the trend-following strategies and added them up, even though they couldn't do every possible trend-following strategy, and it was five times as much. Do you see what I'm saying? Is that too much in the weeds? I don't care. It's phenomenal. A significant T-stat is two. Trend-following had five, right? And furthermore, they, they summed it up by saying, it makes the existence of trends one of the most statistically significant anomalies in financial markets. See what I'm saying? Let's do one more real quick. In the book, Trend Following with Managed Futures, the authors applied momentum strategies to stock indexes, stock indices, if you want to say it properly, bonds, commodities, and currencies, all the way back to 1223. <laughs> My goodness. thousand years, roughly. Trend following proved over that period of time to be far more effective than buy and hold, which means index funds. See what I'm saying? A thousand years of research and over that thousand years, trend following far more effective. All right. That's some uh, fancy dancy academic research, right? And pretty compelling, I might add. But does this exist in the real world? enough with the academic theories already. Well, in the next episode, we'll do exactly that. We'll meet three trend followers who are doing simple trend following strategies, and we'll see how they've done, and we can see for ourselves. If you'd like more information, you can always visit me at scottwelsh.me. And if you want to email the show, you can email me at beatthemarketpodcast at gmail.com. 